Well, what's happening? You're from Fusion, right? Yeah. The people did that wonderful interview. Is that, that was a really good article the last well, one. Yeah, that, that was a while ago, though. So we got to update it and everything going. And, uh, you know, Fusion, does Fusion come out of Boston? Yes. That was, uh, that was the, the first review we got. Was it really? Yes, the first record review that we, that we ever received was, it was the first time we had any conception at all that anybody had ever heard any of the records. We, we sold a few, but we weren't sure that anybody had ever listened to them. I wish you guys could like tour like some of the you know the East Coast. Well, we did. We did do that. We did do an East Coast tour. Did you really? Yes, but we couldn't get booked in Boston. Band we in Boston. Well, we couldn't find a booking. See, we no. were working primarily through radio stations, uh -huh. uh, college radio stations, and college connections, because right. that was you know that's the best place for us to to go. Sure. And uh, uh, later, Boston just we couldn't get anything together. Boston. It's right, there's so We're in Philadelphia, but it looks like we've got something together Something's in Philadelphia. Happening there we can play this commune. <laughs> Five people would be delighted to. We could probably even play them over the phone for a couple of months. <laughs> we'll I was thinking yeah, we, could, right. we, we could probably, probably got a single wing. <laughs> That's uh, John's wife. John who? John Rothschild's wife. You know, the tall blonde, did you meet her? She sure. lives across the street from me. Sure is. Sure is. Yeah, sure is. I the know. cello belt? Well. Wow. Well, what would you like to know? I hope you got questions. Yes, good. and I hope you good. have answers and we'll yeah. go from there. Okay. Great. Great. Let me get to something which haven't been gotten into lately. Uh, and the other thing, nationwide scale, your, your um, friendships and persuasions with the various radio stations in Los Angeles, from station to station, how, why, what happened? Our radio history. Yes, indeed. Radio history. Yes, radiologically from Marconi on down, start anywhere. KPFK or well, anywhere. Seriously, I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll uh, I'll give it to you like in a list, and then we can go back to it. Right? All right. Okay. Or we can just go one by one. We started. Let's see. Uh, I wrote them down. You wrote them down. Strange, strangely, believe. Yes. Let me see the retouch stuff we wrote too. Just the other day, I wrote down our I wrote down our radio history. Sue, Big Sue, that's her name. Just have to find it. Big, Big Sue. Oh, Big Sue. Right. English. English. She looks Here it is. Fire Theater was born on KPFK on November. Cesarean section. Seventeen. November nineteenth, nineteen sixty-six, <laughs> on the Radio Free Oz show. Now, how the I show developed? The I show okay. developed in July of 1966 okay. on KPFK, okay. and it was started by myself and a fellow named Paul Robbins. Okay. And it was a late night show, midnight to four, and telephone calls, and it was uh, it was bringing into Los Angeles things that we had just begun to understand that nobody else had ever heard of. Then, you know, Ravi Shankar and Tarot and all that stuff. <laughs> and Paul left in October, and I was doing the show myself, and. And we all got together over the radio from various ways. We all ended up on November 19th doing the, the Oz, the Oz Film Festival jury. Nine people played by the four of us. I played myself, and uh, Phil and Phil Austin and David played two characters. I think, uh, yes, uh, Mr. Punter over there played three characters, his own translator. <laughs> right, and. Um, that was the beginning. We even called ourselves the Fire Sign. We called ourselves the Oz Fire Sign Theater that night. We made up the name that day. I remember it just happened. Based on what? Uh, if you, anything? You had made it up before. Sure. I had made it up before. I remember yeah. you passed me in the halls of KPFK and said, I've got this great idea about this group. <laughs> this group? Right. What group? <laughs> what group? And you said, Talk You and me and David Osman and Philip Punter. <laughs> I said, Who's Philip Punter? <laughs> you said, That guy that was on the radio with me, my old pal from Yale. And 
You had it all worked out. That's said, true. What's the weenie? Yeah. What's the catch, right? So we went on, and it was wildly funny and successful. It was a three-hour show mm -hmm. uh, that we like improvised for the whole three hours. Took telephone calls. People believed us. It was weird. <laughs> it was a good format because Peter had already set himself up, and he already was on the show. It was the his show. Yeah. And he, he, and so he maintained that role right the way through. But he was he was beginning to improvise with us, who were able to come in and do all the characters and mm -hmm. be on straight, and it, it began to work into a very nice conversation. And I'd ask, I'd, I'd deal with them as if they were these absurd people were real in a very straight way. Well, that's right. very interesting, yeah. Mr. Bolliani. Uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, do you think that dropping cameras off mountains, you know, will advance the art? And of course, you're into reality then when somebody seems to be taking it seriously. What happened was that I was the only one who was uh, revealed as a phony because somebody played a tape of my Russian speaking to their teacher, and their teacher said, <laughs> I was not Russian, I was a Bulgarian. Uh, passing. True. That's truly happened. He did know. Um, UCLA Russian class, yeah. Because Phil played a Russian filmmaker and his Bulgarian... And his Bulgarian... And his Bulgarian translator, man. That's what they didn't understand, is that your translator was a Bulgarian. Bulgarian. They just got confused. Right. They thought I was a Bulgarian passing as a Russian. Right. How much this... I'm sorry, go ahead. How much of this was pure imp improvised, then, or was it all, all of it? Did you have bare idea as far as... The yeah, we had the name of our characters and the general idea of what we did in each other's minds and uh, went from there. Okay. Then we did a couple of other shows on KPFK. The, the Oz show continued on, and we did a uh, problem solvers panel, and each, any one of the guys would come on and do, would be their own selves. Phil was producing the show, and he would come on and do Andrew Wheel of Fire Gandini, or he would call me up from the booth. I was getting telephone calls and just... And, you know, and put me on, and I'd have to finally find out it was him. Like, he'd call up and say, oh, you got this desire to... <laughs> he didn't know what he wanted to do with these hippies. He used to call us a guy from Pacoima all the time. These hippies, these these hippie types, these so-called hippies. Yeah, he used to do all the hatchet work. All the hatchet work. I wouldn't know who it was. You'd keep fooling me. I'd be sitting there going, trying to be very peaceful, you know, like, now, wait a minute, sir, let's let's take a look. And I'd look in there and be Phil talking to me through the glass on the phone. <laughs> well, Oz ended in March of uh, 1966 and moved over to KRLA, which is... Why did it end? Uh, I wanted uh, fame for... Money change. and power. Money and power. Was, yeah, yes. money and power. I wanted to go on. I, I got paid two well, KPFK was not ideal. No, I'd already been fired for a week at KPFK. KPFK and were scared. In those days, they were more scared at KPFK than they were at commercial studio stations. Well, I honestly believe Carolina was basically a more creative environment at that time, at that moment. Well, it, was, may have changed since it was pop. In other words, when you walked into KRLA, we took... KRLA was exciting, man, because it was the first AM station that ever wanted to do that kind of programming. It was more of a challenge to go there, really, right. than it was to stay with KPFK, where everybody expected you to be hip and cool and all that. What about your audience? How did you pinpoint your audience at KPFK? Were they the hip, cultural, civica foundation? It was more than that. What happened is that by the time... It was a brand new audience. Brand new audience. I'd worked there for five years. Well, I had just been fired from KPFK. <laughs> we have a huge history of, of losing We're radio fired stations. Fired yeah. Right, yeah. We're not exactly really dependable, responsible employees. They, 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 they fired the whole program department and got me at the top, and I came, uh, I came back to be on a big KPFK marathon, yeah. where I, I worked with Phil on, on the air. We raised 
Just lots and lots of money, Bill Austin. We could shuck and jive oh, better yeah. than anybody in the whole world. Better than Jerry Lewis. And while we were shucking and driving, this strange beatnik came in from San Francisco on his motorcycle with his very thin beard. <laughs> and uh, nobody knew who he was. But he ended up having this radio show later. So... Uh, that was I had an aerial square four and a thin jazz, Mr. Jazz beard. <laughs> yeah. Right, and uh, Mr. Jazz, Mr. Cool, Mr. Jazz on his motorcycle talking. Carried hamburgers on the back of his cycle. Right. Really? Right, yeah. Paul Robbins head like, was one of the first cats I ever saw with hair down to his shoulders. Oh, what I was saying was the audience. Yeah. So it was one Jeff. Peter and 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 Paul, Radio Free Oz, that program, whatever it it was in all of its manifestations, was eight six eight months. Was a totally attracted a new audience to KPFK, not the not the people who had been listening, you know, the listener sponsor type audience. Right. A few of them, but lots and lots of kids. Lots and lots of young people and all of that. And that ended up, after Peter left, KRLA wanted Peter to do that to KRLA, see? And then Elliot Mintz was left doing that at KPFK after after Peter left. Then Elliot followed us to KRLA, did he not? No. No, he never got to KRLA. Never got to Met us again at KMET. On KRLA, what happened is that we did it every Sunday night. We did one show a week. But the, the... No, not yet. First at the station. And that was when we really began to, to get known, in a way, in L.A., because Carol A. just has a huge listening audience, man, and they are, like, from all over, and they were not hip to what the fire sign was doing, and we started doing all this craziness, right. and kept the audience. We had a very organized. It was Peter's show, and we'd drop in on it. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, oh, in those days, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. At that point, which was just a couple of months. It was, like, March, April, May. Well, they were making you play a lot more music, too. They were making me play... You were more of a disc That was the second, no, that was the third time through. This time I had control. Totally in control, right? And they're giving me all the money I wanted. Remember, that was that whole thing we were going to try out astrological kits and a lot of bullshit. Right. And uh, I flipped out over the, on the radio in May. I overdosed on some brownies in the afternoon and freaked out on the air. I just went out of my mind. <laughs> I had to be carried crying out of the studio. This is about the time the Copperhead show on Sunday yes. night. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay, okay. Leaving Phil Hunter and David Crosby on my show to take over. I was just weeping and crying. I felt dirty and ashamed and too wealthy and all that sort of stuff. You know, I couldn't take it. So I took all my money and went off to Turkey. Really? Yeah, right. Went off to Turkey and the show was taken over by uh, David and Phil. Right. That's Phil. 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 Proctor. Yeah. Mr. Hunter in this case. And so we did it for like two months. While uh, Peter was in Europe and uh, starting to develop various and sundry things, and Peter came back, and by that time, I felt like I, I had a piece of this show coming to me, you know, because I spent a lot of time on it. So Peter and I talk. I, I, I kind of said, "Well, listen, uh, got any ideas?" Peter always has a lot of ideas, and so we ended up promoting the magic mushroom. 